Hello, and welcome to Teaching, Learning, and Everything Else. A series of conversations with innovative educators at colleges and universities across the country and around the world. This podcast is produced by faculty and staff in the Center for the Advancement of Teaching and Faculty Development at Xavier University of Louisiana. And now, let's talk about teaching, learning, and everything else. I'm speaking today with Dr. Mark Quinn from the Division of Business at Xavier University of Louisiana. Dr. Quinn is an assistant professor and the Conrad and Hilton Endowed Chair in Entrepreneurship at Xavier. The topic of discussion today is Dr. Quinn's course, Sales for Social Impact. The course is associated with Entrepreneurship Institute uh, of Xavier University of Louisiana, which encourages small business development and has a mission to create a center of excellence in entrepreneurship within Xavier University. The mission includes empowering all people to contribute to our society in positive, humane, and lasting ways. Thank you so much for speaking with me today, Dr. Quinn. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. So let's start with, um, can you tell us about the Sales for Social Impact course and its association with the Entrepreneurship Institute? Okay, I'd be happy to. So Sales for Social Impact is actually a course that is underwritten by uh, the 3M Corporation. Yes, the same folks that make scotch tape and probably a million other products <clears throat> that we use all the time. And they uh, provide support for us to offer uh, this course. And basically what they look for at a minimum is for a sales and marketing plan to be put together for a not-for-profit organization. <clears throat> at the end of the semester, uh, the students present their work product to executives at 3M. And that's right now, it's during COVID, it's as a Zoom, but pre-COVID, uh, they would actually go up to St. Paul, Minnesota and present. So 3M views uh, sales for social impact uh, as a way to identify talent, but also to help nonprofits in the areas where the participating schools are located. And we are one of about eight universities that participate and what we all have in common is that we actually offer concentrations or degrees in sales and marketing. <clears throat> so we're actually one of the few universities in the country that have that concentration. So our engagement with the nonprofit is as an entrepreneurial endeavor uh, because really the nonprofits are, are small businesses. And what really distinguishes them is that they have this not-for-profit classification. Uh, but their organizers are definitely entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, we think that the course provides an excellent opportunity for our students to do a deep dive into social enterprises, you know, as well as to learn about entrepreneurship. Uh, and that's what the Entrepreneurship Institute does. I mean, we teach entrepreneurship. And in, in this case, it's uh, social, uh, social entrepreneurship. Okay. So I think you, you actually, this is a nice segue to our second question that I want to ask you. So with respect to the course, how exactly is service learning incorporated um, into the course? And also a key component of service learning, of course, is student learning objectives. So we can start with how is service learning incorporated and then how are student learning objectives linked to this service learning? 
Okay, well, I could think I could go on for a while with this question. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so we, we took the basic requirement of a sales and marketing plan. And because we, you know, espouse entrepreneurship, we expanded it uh, because many nonprofits, especially the ones that we work with, which are generally very small, uh, they require much more than a sales and marketing plan. Uh, since we're teaching entrepreneurship, the projects on which we work are ideal for our students to recognize a problem, uh, to create a solution, uh, to determine the feasibility of their solution, and to create a plan. You know, just about the only component that we're missing is actually being able to implement the plan. But, you know, to do that, that would require more, much more than just one semester. <clears throat> uh, addressing the challenges of people to help them thrive and even survive, you know, in this society requires innovative and entrepreneurial and creative approaches. Uh, and that's basically our mantra, you know, in the Entrepreneurship Institute. Uh, the course is structured such that during the first few weeks, the students, they read books, they read cases, they read articles, and hopefully uh, they become subject matter experts, you know, on the industry in which our client operates. And this semester, we're working around a reentry, a returning citizens from incarceration. So for the first few weeks, you know, they read articles that came out of uh, Harvard Business School. They read articles that were created, that were uh, uh, compiled by J.P. Morgan Chase <laughs> Foundation in there, in, the, in that arm of J.P. Morgan Chase. And we also dug up some other readings. <clears throat> uh, after, uh, after they complete all the reading and they have an idea of the industry, a better idea of the industry in which they're working, you know, they begin engaging with our client, with the nonprofit, to learn about their present operations uh, and their needs. Uh, then they create a plan based on those conversations and, and that interaction. Uh, and that plan is then shared with the client and ultimately that's what's presented to the executives at 3M. Uh, you know, service learning is incorporated in that, you know, the students are actually applying material in a meaningful way, uh, in a real time way to organizations that assist them in delivering their services to underserved populations. So one thing that I, that I didn't mention was that you know, one of the requirements, one of the goals is that the project, the nonprofit deals with individuals at the base of the socioeconomic pyramid. So we're generally talking about low-income uh, folks, low-income populations. <clears throat> so we're taking the learning from the class, you know, building on an interest that the students have and helping them to apply it, you know, directly to the community. Okay. Um, and I have, um, we had questions for our audience that, you know, like informed Dr. Quinn of these questions, but I'm going to skip a question because this feeds into a different question that I had next. So here's, um, if you envision your work this semester and this came to mind or popped in as an important question at this point, we are doing this interview uh, at a point at which we have about three weeks left in this semester. So, you know, we have the eye on the close of the semester. Um, so now is really the time to start thinking how things are going, um, how things are going to wrap up. So the question is, and you can think about this semester and think more broadly as well, um, with this project, um, what are some of the greatest challenges 
that you experience. And also in general, you know, with this overall project, not just with this semester and with service learning. Um, and do you have recommendations for other individuals when they face challenges in service learning or similar challenges, how to address those challenges? Challenges. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't be entrepreneurship if it didn't have challenges. That's for sure. Uh, you know, one of our major challenges, and this is for almost all the projects that we've been involved in, including this one, is just the availability of the client. Because, I mean, it's, it's integral that we have a consistent interaction with them uh, so that they know what to expect from us and we can deliver, deliver that. Uh, it was complicated this year, especially because uh, Ida came through, <laughs> I guess, in week two of the semester. And that really uh, set us back. It not only impacted uh, the students in the university, but it also impacted our client. Uh, so we've been able to, <coughs> excuse me, we've been able to recover from that. But in general, that's always a challenge uh, because you know, these, the, the organizations with which we're working generally are under-resourced. Uh, they're very committed, very passionate, but they also, you know, can multitask on an hourly basis. So that becomes a challenge. Uh, second, uh, I guess, significant challenge is, you know, really, I guess, getting students to, to get off campus in a, in a sense and to talk to people. Uh, you know, students come, what we found, especially in this class anyway, is that the comfort level of students is uh, in front of their tablet or their laptop. And the Sales for Social Impact course, uh, for it to be effective, requires them to really speak to uh, the leadership of the client, uh, to speak to stakeholders, uh, to speak to the clients of the, the clients of the client, the people who are directly being impacted by the services of the client. And that sometimes uh, doesn't come so easy. And, you know, not so much because they're shy. In some instances, there's, you know, they might be a little bit timid. But a lot of times it requires, you know, juggling their schedules uh, to actually get out of their rooms, get off campus and meet with people. So, you know, sometimes uh, that's a little more challenging than, than I had suspected. You know, additionally, this is challenging from, for a lot of students because, you know, a lot, there's really no right answer, uh, you know, such as you might find in a textbook. I mean, the environment that we operate in is dynamic. Uh, in many instances, they have to do the research. Uh, they have to synthesize all this information, some of which is very direct to what they're looking for. But, you know, with research, sometimes, you know, you head off in a direction and, you know, it doesn't take you where you're hoping to end up and you have to backtrack and do it again and again. Uh, so, you know, just being able to find what's what's relevant, what's pertinent, synthesizing it, and then, uh, you know, being able to devise the solution and the plan. So that is probably where I, uh, where I work the hardest, is to keep their motivation levels up, to help them not get discouraged, to help them uh, decide what's pertinent and what's not. Yes, uh, you know, the librarian, I'm going to beat up on the librarians a little bit because some feedback came back. Uh, students said, yeah, I spoke to a librarian and they gave me these five 30-page articles. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> uh, so, you know, just helping them to, you know, to sort through that you know, and keep the motivation level up. And fortunately, at the end, uh, 
you know, we all maybe tired a little bit of each other, <laughs> you know, but we'll all go out to dinner and lunch, have a good time, man. And it's all good because uh, after they reflect and uh, for a week or two, you know, they all really begin to see the value of it. So I'm hearing that uh, as far as challenges, what came to my mind is really navigation. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot of on your feet navigation that's entailed in, in a service learning course for a meaningful service learning course. Um, so when, with respect to availability of the client, um, and you know, what popped to my head there was, you know, life happens and you know, your clients are probably going to experience the life happening to a great degree, uh, which will affect their you know availability, getting students off campus and navigating that. Um, and the, the nature of the project being complex where you can, there is not just a right answer. There is not one plan that's often challenging to relay to students and support students through that uh, process. Um, mm -hmm. So as far as you're addressing those potential issues, you work with students more closely, you know, so willing to exert that time and effort is what I'm hearing. Um, what about working with availability of the client and, you know, facing that challenge? Any recommendations for that? You know, what we do is, uh, early on, we didn't pay as much attention to this, but what we do right now is I try to have, you know, one or two conversations or meetings with the client and basically doing an assessment <clears throat> as to what their capacity is to meet with us. Uh, recognizing that they're wearing multiple hats uh, on a daily, on an hourly basis. Uh, then we put together a very brief, general one-pager that uh, I think we call it an MOU, a Memorandum of Understanding. You know, just to kind of put down in paper, you know, this is what our expe expectations are and this is what you can expect from us. And, uh, you know, sometimes they sign it and return it, sometimes not, but always they read it so you know it doesn't come as any surprise and uh fortunately uh you know our clients have uh complied with it you know recognizing as you said earlier that life happens and you know hurricanes come through and power outages and internet goes down and stuff uh but you know once but laying out those uh, parameters up front you know i found uh, helps a lot and I'm also hearing uh, the idea of uh, selection of the client, that process of really ensuring that there's a match um, mm -hmm. and that you understand the client's needs, you understand a bit about their schedule and, of course, the organization. Um, so service learning is not something that you can just, well, just work with them. You, know, you really have mm -hmm. to get that an appropriate client for our goals and they understand what we want to do. Um, the MOU, I, you showed me a copy of that. Um, and that's the clear ground rules as right. well. Um, but, you know, also, I mean, there's, there's some groundwork to be done on the part of the students also. Because, I mean, this is a challenging course. And students really have to buy into the mission, buy into the industry, buy into the organization. So, um, you know, there have been times in the past where that was, that required a lot of work <laughs> to really get them on board. So, you know, generally we, I try to work on this starting out usually probably January or February. I start looking for 
uh, for students as well as organizations so that by the time August rolls around, this course is only offered in the fall semester. So by the time August rolls around, you know, I have as much in place as possible. Uh, you know, some years that works better than others, but yeah, but yeah, we try to get a head start on it. Yeah, and that's um, the importance of really publicizing a course of service learning. This is going to be different. It's going to be involved compared to a course without that service learning. Mm -hmm. Definitely, that's an you know it's an important message that others know as well. As far as you know, service learning goes beyond community service, it's really in depth integration um, of that project within the course. Yep. Um, so let's get to it. Uh, let's move away from challenges. Um, so we got the you know service learning does take navigate navigation. It takes dedication. It takes attention. It's not necessarily just going to go on its own. Um, so some of your greatest successes with respect to service learning. Um, you did mention, so you can talk about in this course, uh, this semester or other semesters, but you did mention the um, idea of students maybe as they're going through, you know, wow, this is a lot of work, but after the fact on, wow, I really got something out of this course. Um, so tell us a bit about that. Tell us a bit about other successes uh, from service learning. Okay, so I guess the first one might be Agritopia. That one comes to mind. So Agritopia uh, is slash was an urban farm that was the subject of uh, one of uh, one of the sales to social impact classes going back. I want to say maybe 2013, 2014. And it was done in, in partnership with, ooh, I can't remember the name of the organization now, but it was an organization, local nonprofit, that was involved in uh, urban farming and greenscaping and things of that nature. And it grew into uh, an urban farm that was, was launched here on campus on some property that the university owns. Uh, the students uh, made the presentation at 3M, went over very well. A uh, university bought into the idea, so they provided us with a quarter of an acre. And 3M liked it so much that they uh, provided some additional funding to launch it. Uh, we were able to raise money from the Aetna Foundation as well. And uh, Agritopia actually started and functioned as, uh, as an ongoing operation for about five years. <coughs> Uh, right now, at, at this point in time, the university has taken it over, and it's now Gumbo Garden. But, I mean, we prepared the site. We uh, conducted site improvements, et cetera, and we're servicing, <coughs> excuse me, servicing restaurants and retailers and, and people for a number of years. <coughs> the founders of Agritopia uh, will still speak. I mean, they've all graduated and moved on to better things, but... You know, they still, whenever I speak to them, ask about it, and they'll, uh, I mean, they talk about all the benefits of it, uh, food security and food justice and the whole presentation, putting together, putting the farm together, a business plan together, uh, was uh, very, very rewarding. They also placed in a business plan competition with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some other ones were, uh, in the early years, we uh, collaborated with the NGO in Liberia, West Africa, and put together uh, 
uh, a drive for used shoes and collected, I don't know, maybe 500 used sneakers and shoes and shipped them over to the NGO there, which subsequently sold them to provide services uh, to residents of Liberia, uh, Monrovia. Uh, you know, Refresh Market, we worked with Refresh Market a few years ago, which used to have a farmer's market in front of the Whole Foods on Broad Street. Uh, and the outcome there was to actually get more local residents patronizing the farmer's market. Uh, they located there with, uh, with the intent of having local residents shop there, but they were very unsuccessful in getting local residents shopping there. You had people coming from elsewhere. And so we had put together a, a social media initiative and that actually showed some results. Uh, and last year, Fund 17, we worked with Fund 17 last year. And uh, one of the outcomes of that was they actually hired one of our students as an intern last semester, one of the students that worked on that project. So, you know, we view those are some of the successes that, that come to mind. So real world positive outcomes. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, nice. Um, okay. So I'm going to ask one more question. Mm -hmm. um, and it is, do you see service learning as an important pedagogical tool for our students and why? Boy, that is a gimme question. Absolutely, absolutely yes. Uh, you know, because it provides opportunities to do. You know what I mean? So my, my experience has been that students like doing. Okay, and I think that, that part of the learning process is actually doing. Uh, you know, you could read a recipe about uh, making an eggplant parmesan but you really don't know how to do it until you make it. Uh, and you're probably gonna mess it up a few times, or at least at first. But after you do it, you improve it, and you get better at it. And so, you know, I see service learning in, similar, in a similar way. You know, it's, it's an important part of what we do specifically in the Entrepreneurship Institute, uh, because, you know, we believe that the only way you learn entrepreneurship is by actually doing it. You can read books, you can read articles, podcasts, YouTube videos, all that stuff. But you know, until you actually do it, uh, that's when you actually learn it and taste the success and feel the setbacks and adjust and continue and move on. <clears throat> it's ideal for what we're doing in the Entrepreneurship Institute, which is what and what we do is we teach entrepreneurship here. <clears throat> You know, do it now, make your mistakes now, you know, learn now, and later you'll be much more proficient and much more effective in what you do. So, yeah, I think it's a very important uh, pedagogical tool. Yeah, I, I think that applies to, to a variety of fields that you got to do it. Um, I actually love your example of eggplant parm because that's one of my favorite foods. <laughs> I have <laughs> never made it for myself because <laughs> that's probably above my skill level. Hey, I, I got a great so recipe much. for you. I tried it for the first time last week and it worked out pretty well. I'll okay, you got to send it to me. Um, so uh, seriously, email it to me. Thank you so much um, for speaking with us today. I think we're uh, providing great advice for others, a realistic appraisal of service learning. Um, 
the in-depth nature of service learning and challenges, but also the fruits of service learning. It's, it's worth it with respect. Well, thank yeah. you for having me. This has been great. Good. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this installment of Teaching, Learning, and Everything Else. For more information, please visit our website at cat.zula.edu. That's C-A-T dot X-U-L-A dot E-D-U. Until next time, keep on teaching, learning, and everything else.